0: Welcome back to The Hemingway List, the best podcast ever. We did it, we finished uh, yet another book, The Red and the Black by Stendhal. So let's do a little wrap-up episode, talk about the final chapter, talk about the book as a whole, and then there'll be two episodes today. There'll be another episode shortly, which will be the reading of our next book, which is Of Human Bondage. So here we go. Uh, What happened to Madame de Renal? What happened? Why did she die a few days later? Uh, How do you feel about this ending, and how did you like the book? What was your favourite part? Jan Brunt said, I thought it was a great ending. A boy genius who was never satisfied in life dies due to his own pride and immaturity. If this book was written today, we'd have a whole series of middling adventure romance stories and not just one great standalone novel. My favourite part was definitely the humour. It was quite uh, funny. It's always surprising when something like a something so old can be so funny. It's like I don't know why I think this, but I just always have it in my head that like humour wasn't invented back then. <laughs> right. Uh Swims to the Mumfish she said, Wow, this book was amazing. Although I believe my modern English translation helped a great deal with my enjoyment. Yeah, I think we read a good translation, didn't we? And that does uh help a lot. I wrote I read the Roger Guard. And it was really good. Sendal gives us fully realized three-dimensional women in Matilda and Louise, who are both intelligent, resourceful, have their own agency. I appreciate that. I don't know how intelligent I would say Matilda was. She seemed, I mean, yeah, intelligent, but not smart. (laughs) she wasn't a smart person. Uh, Matilda building an elaborate shrine and Louise dying of a broken heart while holding her children are true to their characters. Favorite part, the humor. Um. All right. According to an article, it is realistic that she died. It's called broken heart syndrome. Says swims of the mumpfishy. It is possible to die of a broken heart. Traumatic life events such as the death of a loved one, physical injury, or even an emotional memory can cause broken heart syndrome. The syndrome occurs when a surge of stress hormone causes short-term muscle, heart muscle failure. Usually treatable, can be fatal. Wow. So it's essentially like a stress induced heart attack. Damn. Oh, thanks, Swim. I've just seen that you've commented. I linked the um, Incubus cover song that me and my brother did. Um, and you've said, excellent, very talented. Thank you for that. Appreciate the compliment. So I'm just scrolling through the comments today, and there's a lot, but there's a lot of unrelated ones. People saying happy cake day, people saying well done on the cover song. A lot of it's not really related to the chapter, Um, which is fine, you know. I'm not saying not to do that. In fact, the more comments, the better. I love when we just be a community like this. Um... Okay, here we go. Starfall15 said, No doubt one of my favourite reads from this list. Stendhal built such rich, interesting characters that kept the readers guessing on their perspective, especially Julian and Matilda. It is not common to find such a female character in this classics. I enjoyed that the hypocrisy and constraints of the criticised society were part of the three main characters. Usually the hero used as a symbol of what society ought to aspire to be, but not in this novel. The satire and humour running in the background added to my enjoyment. The section of political conspiracy felt odd. Yeah, now that you say that, it was very much just a little isolated. Like, I thought when we went down that path, that was the way the book was about to turn, sharply, and I thought that came a bit out of nowhere, and now he's going to be like a, you know, a spy, essentially. Um, But then it just came and went, and just was kind of forgotten after that. Um took a large part of the narrative and it seems totally forgotten by the characters and the author. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel the ending was a bit abrupt. I really wanted to know what happened to Matilda's child, but it seems Stendhal was presume, pressured by, by time to end it. I read somewhere that Stendhal rewrote parts of this novel, but the manuscript is part of a private collection, the Bucci Manuscript. Um... Our treat said, this is my favourite book that we've read so far, by far, uh, oh no, so far, sorry, I loved it, probably my favourite book all year, I'm really so bummed that work conspired to keep me away from the last few days of posts. I think the end is fitting for Julia. Matilda's end here seems fitting as well, although I am just dying to know what happens to her next, in a month from now, or a year, or five. Does she tire of being the romantic widow, or... Does she keep it up forever? My bet is the former. But the latter wouldn't surprise me at all, since she has now committed so publicly, perhaps her pride will help her maintain it. What about Julian's Kid? I wonder if there's any quality fanfiction about this out there. Uh, I bet there probably is. Um, sometimes, what was that one we read? Madame Bovary's son or something like that? There was like a essentially a novel that was a follow-up of Madame Bovary. Um, which is just, like, it was just fan fiction that got published, seemingly, at least. Um, I did hope for something different from Madame de Renal. Her death just seems a tad melodramatic. I guess there's plenty in the book that's melodramatic, but it's mostly Julian's inner thoughts, sometimes also his actions. Her death seemed a little out of left field for me. It wasn't very satisfying, and I found it a little hard to believe. Maybe if she'd been using drugs and had an accidental overdose or something, maybe she was given drugs to help heal from a bullet wound, but I'm willing to be convinced on this point. Yeah, I agree. I didn't... I Part of what I was saying, like, what what did you think of this ending in the discussion prompt, was about that specifically. Like, Julian's ending seemed very well-rounded, fairly predictable. Like, we could all see he was coming undone, and I think it was probably ten chapters ago that we knew what was going to happen to Julian, right? And But not that that was a bad thing. It was one of those cases where, you know, you know you're watching a tragedy unfold um, to a sort of anti-hero. So you watch not kind of knowing where it's going. But then Madame de Renal's death just was a bit unexplained, a bit almost unexplainable um, and not satisfying. But that's okay. The reason I asked about that was... I was hoping that some people would have some theories, and I like your theory about maybe she was, you know, taking some pain medication for her bullet wound or something like that. My favourite thing about this book was how it made a little space in my heart for ridiculously awful Julian. I enjoy reading about unlikable characters in books, but I don't usually actually like them myself. Typically I hate it when an author tries to make the reader accept shitty abusive behaviour from a character. It does not work for me. This felt so different. I totally accept that Julian is ridiculously awful. But part of me still wants to make excuses for him, maybe because Stendhal didn't. Stendhal depicted Julian's flaws with clear, full clarity, and made him pay for them. But he didn't make Julian into a caricature. I do think there are elements of Julian that do fall into caricature category. But they are the type of caricature that I see in actual people around me, like how real people can fit into the absent-minded professor stereotype while still being a complex person. I think that by honestly and straightforwardly showing us what kind of a guy Julian is, what kinds of thoughts he has, what twisted logic he uses, while also showing us his struggles and his pain without trying to make him, or what he did seem, okay, makes the story seem so close to reality, and it is hard to not have compassion for real people in pain, even when they are awful. I also appreciated the humour which I think helped with all of this. Acoustic Eel says, I'm going to be the one naysayer, out of all of us, and say I didn't care for most of this book. I felt that the beginning was slow, and for some reason I expected that the main action would revolve around politics, not romance, so I was disappointed when it kept being about that. I've got to say I feel the same way, or I did feel the same way, when I kind of started to notice that it was a romance book, I think I even said early on, there was one chapter, as we were reading, where I had the epiphany during the podcast where I was kind of a bit like, oh, is this just another romance book? Is this another love triangle book? Oh. Uh, so that was a bit disappointing, but I would also say that of all the love triangles we've experienced so far in the Hemingway list, I think Julian's story is one of the more entertaining ones, at least. Um... Quite enjoyed them. Um, okay, I've always had a sneaking—oh, sorry—I—I I also had trouble following the emotions in some of Julian's and Matilda's most turbulent chapters. I've always had a sneaking suspicion that I have mild, high-functioning autism, although I have never been diagnosed. Most of the time, I barely think about it, but certain things really make me up uh, make me suspect. Trying to follow the whirlwind of emotions was one of them. It seemed like one second he was angry, then he was covering her in kisses, and then she was haughty, and then for five seconds he was going to stab her with a sword, and then he ignored her, and she cried, just to rattle a few off the top of my head. I could make neither heads nor tails of the progression, like if I had to write one of those chapters, I would just pick a bunch of random emotions for them to cycle through, and would read like one of those I forced a bot to read 10,000 chapters of Stendhal and then write its own chapter memes. Um, so I guess my question for the neurotypicals out there is, do people actually have enough experiences like this? Is this at all a realistic representation of a relationship? I've been in love and I've had crushes and it wasn't anything like that. For my first crush, I did get a little irrational, but let's chalk that up to beginner's luck. Also, this was our 600th episode. Congrats, everyone. Thank you very much. 600. Damn. Um, yeah, look, I can explain it, actually, pretty clearly. It, it is topsy-turvy and whack, the way their roller coaster of emotions is going from angry to kisses to, you know, one turns their back and then they turn back around, then they turn back around. It's like they're both having this standoff where when, you know, when if, to use the metaphor of, like, turning your back on someone, when I turn my back on you, you chase me, and then when I turn around, you turn your back. And there's a really simple logic behind it it's very immature but you know they're both attracted to each other because of this kind of like status thing like what will it mean to my image if we are together and julian very much wants to be with matilda because of the image that would give him the status and matilda is very wrapped up in what her image what would happen to her image you know how her father will see it that kind of thing Um, it's a status thing and it's also so it's like you want to be with someone who other people will be impressed that you're with I suppose is the way that it's in, in their heads that's how it is like Julian wants to be with Matilda so that other people are impressed that he was able to be with Matilda something like that anyway so when when Matilda seems like she's not attracted to him, like she turns her back and, you know, says, you know, I, I'm not interested, it makes her scene unobtainable and like, you know, she's out of his league. Well, he wants to go up to the next league, so if he can win her, he'll go up to that league, you know. So when she turns away and starts being mean, he kind of squabbles behind her, he, he tries to win her. You know, so he's kissing her and all the rest. Um, but it's the same in reverse. So when Julian turns his back on Matilda, she thinks he's out of reach, and she tries to like, you know, she tries to win him, you know, by being, you know, overly affectionate. Uh, But then it's the opposite effect as well. So when Julian is like sucking up to her and kissing her and, 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 you know, trying to be all sweet, she starts to think, oh, maybe he's not out of my league. Like he's sucking up to me. He he seems to be below me, not above me right now. He's groveling. Uh, And that's very unattractive because the thing that she is attracted to is someone that's out of her league, not someone that's below her. So when he's groveling, he's unattractive. And so she turns her back, making her more attractive to Julian. Then he'll win her over, and then the tables turn, she starts groveling, and he turns his back. It's just this tug of war. And so you just saw that happen in rapid fire. Like, one's attracted to the other, so they're not attracted to him. uh, Until there's a breaking point, and it swaps, and the other one's attracted back to them, but they're not attracted... And it's like, I'm only attracted to you when you're not attracted to me. And vice versa. That was a really terrible explanation. I'm extremely tired, so um, I apologize. But (laughs) that probably didn't make any sense to you at all, acoustic eels. But that's exactly what's happening in those chapters where it's back and forth, back and forth. And that explains why their moods swap back and forth so quickly from angry to affectionate. Angry, affectionate. Uh, Anyway. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Swims to the Mumfish, replied as well, saying, Well, I had my share of tumultuous relationships back in the day, although not to the extent of Julian and Matilda. Stendhal is over the top with his depiction, but I think that was deliberate. The relationship is basically satire. Those chapters were bonkers. I recommend reading The Rosie Project. Rosie Project, 2013 Australian novel by Australian novelist, funnily enough, Graham Simpson. The novel centres on genetics, Professor Don Tillman, who struggles to have a serious relationship with women. not suggesting that you do. The book is just funny, and the protagonist is the opposite of Matilda. With a friend's help, he devises a questionnaire to assess the suitability of female partners. His plans are set off course when he meets Rosie, who does not fit many of Tillman's criteria, but becomes a big part of his life. Big smash hit book over here in Australia. Um... You see it, oh my god, you see it everywhere. Uh, still, even what, how long's it been out now? Six, seven years. Alright. Um, I think that wraps us up with Stendhal. It's up there for me on the list so far. It's probably in the top three. Yeah, it's in the top three, I'd say. Um, top four, top three, top four. Anyway, the upper half. (laughs) Let's just go over that. Uh, I liked it a lot more than The Enormous Room. I liked it more than Brothers Karamazov. I liked it more than Anna Karenina. I liked it it more than Dubliners. I liked it more than Madame Bovary. I liked it more than Wuthering Heights. So there you go. Not that you asked. (laughs) Alright, let's wrap this up. I will see you very shortly for the first chapter of... uh, What's it called? Of Human Bondage, which I am... I'm going to say this straight up front. I'm going to make a prediction. I think it's going to be one of my favorite books from this list. All right, I'll see you shortly. Thanks for listening.